0: Hello to all. So thank you so much for coming to listen to me today. Um, I just got back from the Beisach Farros actually this morning. Today is the day of my father's shloshim. Uh, and so the Ilui Nishmas, David, Ben Avram Um, I'd like to speak about the topic of uh, the morning of Yaakov Aviv, one of the most famous misos in the Torah, uh, and the brachos that preceded it come this week in Parshas Vayechi which it turns out was something that I quoted often during the Shiva without even realizing that I would be speaking today. Um, And so Yaakov Avinu knows that he is going to die, which is something that no human being, according to the Medrash, knew in advance. In the old days, one would give a sneeze and then would pass away instantly. There were no lengthy illnesses. Um, There was no situation where um, the person had time to set their affairs in order. And so Yaakov Avinu asked that people should have the chance to see that the inevitable was coming so that they could put everything in order as well as they could for those who survived after them. And so Yaakov Avinu gathers his children together, first at the beginning of the Parsha as we blame, Yosef and his sons, and eventually all of his sons, where he gave them both brachos and musar about various aspects of their lives. And finally, Perik Man Tesp, it says, And so Yaakov finished, concluded, commanding his sons, and he gathered his feet to the bed, which some of the versions actually say is an interesting contrast between uh, beds in modern times and beds in Muslim lands, that his feet were on the floor, and then he gathered them into the bed. And then he passed away and was gathered in among his people. And so the Mepharshim tell us on that particular Pasek, the ar says that this Pasek teaches us that Yaakov was an exception to the general rule that is said in, in Koheles, uh, ha-maves, that nobody is in command, nobody is master over himself on the day of death. But Yaakov was in full control of all his senses when he made all of these arrangements. Only after that, by Yosef Raglov, where he picked up his feet, shows that he had complete physical command of his body to the very end. Uh, and at that point, uh, he had the final physical control before he passed away. Um, and um, uh, they they say that a man cannot say to the Malachamaves, wait for me until I've concluded my business uh, and then I will come. Uh, there are many stories in Chazal about that. But rather, Yaakov Avinu's time was up, but he was in complete control until that moment, which is something not all of us have, including, unfortunately, my father the last several months. But he too, like Yaakov Avinu, had the opportunity to set everything in order uh, before the time finally came. But if you go further, it says that they that he was embalmed, as was the way in Egypt, because of the weather and the heat and the humidity, the body would decompose quickly. So they did 40 days of embalming. Then it says... By Yivku Oso Mitzrayim Shivim Yom, that the Mitzrayim mourned over Yaakov Avinu for a total of 70 days. And Rashi explains 40 were the days of the embalming. But then there was a shloshim of sorts, which of course is very meaningful to me today. 30 days the Mitzrayim mourned over Yaakov Avinu. So why were the Mitzrayim mourning Yaakov Avinu? Why were they weeping the death of Yaakov? So there are different answers. Uh, Some say, that it was simply because that Yaakov Avinu had withheld years of famine. The seven years of famine turned into only two because of Yaakov's telos and his presence in Ryan. Uh, and so perhaps they were, were simply mourning the absence of somebody who had done them direct good. Uh, but others point out, the Radak in particular, says 30 uh, days of weeping for the absence of this man moving forward. Both Moshe and Aaron were mourned for 30 days. Um, and they were mourned after they were buried, as opposed to Yaakov Vinu, who was mourned before the burial, which was permitted because the embalming procedure was a kind of burial as well. But during all these days, and he quotes Rashi, among others, the Egyptians wept out of respect for the feelings of Yosef. They also mourned him for their own benefit. But the Sepharono adds, he was revered for his name Yisrael and what this name stood for. He deserved the same respect as royalty. Because of the greatness of who Yaakov Avinu Yisrael was, so the idea of a shloshim can be for the people who miss him directly. Uh, One shot in the chizkuni says that thirty of the direct descendants of Yaakov mourned him for one day each, which came out to the seventy altogether. The shivim uh, descendants of Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov Avinu, and the grandchildren and everyone else. But there's also the concept that the person themselves deserves tremendous mourning. So in the news just today. There are two people who are being mourned. Uh, one of them, Big Lahavdal, of course, is Pope Benedict. Thousands, tens of thousands of people lined up outside St. Peter's Basilica in Vatican City, says the New York Times, to pay last respects to Benedict XVI, the Pope Emeritus who died. I wanted to give him a last goodbye, said one mourner in poor health. This Pope, I hold him in my heart. But then other people noticed that that the speed that the line moved made prayers brief. A group of faithful recited the Lord's prayer by the body, but some took photographs of Benedict, but also the Basilica, and the frantic photographing inside the Basilica disturbed some mourners. People taking pictures with the corpse is outrageous, said one woman in line. Especially selfies, said her father. So it becomes a circus sometimes, the mourning of a public figure. And perhaps to the Mitzrim, there was a kind of similar situation for Yaakov Aminu, where it points out that the Mitzram had an Avel Godol Kavetzel Mitzrayim. When they were on their way to the burial, many, many Mitzram came. And the circus is one thing. Pele, the great soccer player, died recently. And so also this morning, the New York Times said, it was 3 a.m. And in this town in Brazil, thousands of people queued in an orderly line stretching two-thirds of a mile to see the body of one of history's most magnificent athletes in its final moments before entombment. He had a 24 hour wake, 230,000 mourners came to a soccer stadium. He gave us so much joy, it's a pleasure to be here, said a tax analyst who came. Uh, And the lines were huge and full of people who were selling grilled meat and souvenirs and bottles of Johnny Walker whiskey. And then they began chanting for the soccer team. So there's one way of death, and then there's another way of death. Pope Benedict gets all of this attention that he was so beloved, and yet, as you probably know, he was a member of the Hitler Youth during his youth during World War II and before it, and he was actually a soldier in the Nazi army for a while. But everybody said that wasn't a big deal because he didn't really mean it. Everybody did it in those days. He recently uh, forgave a priest who had gone very far to the right within the Catholic Church only to find out that the priest then had to say that uh, there was no Holocaust and that only a couple of hundred thousand people died and gas chambers are made up. But Pope Benedict said, "I, I didn't know he said such a thing, but I forgive him anyway. In the meantime, the day my father's Shiva ended, there was an article also in the New York Times about a woman named Shotzi Weisberger, a good Jewish girl who had been a nurse for a long time. She had a certificate in the art of dying from the Open Center in New York, ran a monthly discussion group on death, and in 2018 held something she called a funeral roll, where they did arts and crafts, decorated a full-sized cardboard casket, and she wore bright floral plinth blouse to celebrate death. I really want to experience my dying, she said. I want to be in my bed and share the experience with anyone who's interested. And then this year at age 92, she got pancreatic cancer that was untreatable. And suddenly she found out a positive death wasn't so easy after all. She had wanted to have no drugs, but she couldn't survive without the drug. She had wanted to have what she considered palliative care, but it was impossible. And hospice care was expensive and unavailable. She had a whole idea of death. And then it turned out, ain't Ish shilton beyond Hamavas. She couldn't control it at all. She had what she considered a good death, but it was all handled by other people in ways that maybe she didn't approve of. And the comments section of the New York Times is fantastic because it's full of people saying, see, what we need is euthanasia, where you choose how you go out when you want to go out. We know that the Jewish feeling of Misa is very, very different. And that the experience of Yaakov Avinu and his sons was very different. And Yaakov Avinu's sons, after his passing, did not start talking about euthanasia. They went to Yosef and begged forgiveness for what had happened so many years earlier and said, "Hineno avodim, we'll be avodim to you. But please, for the sake of Abba, please, can we please bring the family together? And Yosef forgave them and they did come together. My father's passing was difficult for him. His last six months were in and out of the hospital. But he brought us together in ways that if he had designed it, could not have been any more touching for all of us. Uh, and the thing that I said constantly at the shiva was also from this week's partial and I'll end with this. It says that when Yosef's time came at the age of 110, it says that he saw to Ephraim b'nei shi leishim, and it says also, gam b'nei, ben mo- b'nei mochir ben menashe, yuldu albir ke Yosef. That the greatest bracha that comes at the end of Yosef's life is that his great grandsons, the children of Machir ben Menashe, were born on his lap. Doesn't say that they grew up and got married and he danced at the Hasanah. It said that he saw his great grandchildren. And Baruch Hashem, my father, was Zocha to exactly that last year when my grandson Nadavi was born and my father was the Sandik at the Bris. And he was Yildu Albir K Yosef. He got to sit. My father got the bracha of Yosef atzadim. And we are grateful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for that. We're grateful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we don't make a circus with roast meat and selfies. We are grateful that we understand that Misa is also a part of Chaim. Darho ho leich we said in in, uh, in Koheles. Koheles has a lot of lessons and Vayichi has a lot of lessons as well. So the only bracha that I give to all of us is that we too should, should meet the end with the bravery and hopefully the avodas Hashem and hiras Hashem that we try to live all of our days and that it should be my father's neshama my father's uh, zikharan should be a bracha to every one of us, of course, in the family. But to everyone, he was a musician and he played thousands upon thousands of weddings. To have the mitzvah of Simchas Chasem kala that well is a tremendous way to live one's life. And I hope he fulfilled his tachlis in the way They'll make him a Yosher for all of us when, when we need. So have a wonderful day, an easy rest of the fast, and thank you for letting me speak.